Hey, this is Miles Hunter. I'm the pastor of TC3 Students, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today, and I hope this message helps you connect to the life-changing power of Jesus Christ and gives you the courage to live out your faith in your homes, schools, and community. Enjoy today's message. All right, guys. Well, we're so excited you guys all were able to make it out tonight. We're excited to be here and worship with you. Are you guys ready to praise Jesus? All right. Yeah. 
Adam, go find a seat. Hi, guys. My name is Carolina. I am in 11th grade, and I go to Jensen Beach High School. So I'll just wait until you guys get back to your seats. So tonight I'm going to be talking about how I have found my identity in Christ and practically how um, I walked that out. And so I just wanted to talk a little bit about before I knew Jesus. And so for me, my identity was kind of rooted in my popularity status or who I hung around or um, things that I brought to the table. But um, the kingdom of God tells us that when we are followers of Christ, we don't have to bring anything to the table and we are simply grafted into his family. And so what he says about me is sufficient and has full authority of who I am and where my identity rests. And so how do I walk this out? Um, Peter talks about um, who we are to God in 1 Peter uh, chapter 2, verse 9 through 10. And he says, you are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Once you had no identity as a people, now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, now you have received God's mercy. And so how we walk this out is that we show our friends at school, we show people the goodness of God. And we walk that out being the salt and light in anything that we do and everything that we do. And we represent Jesus in the same likeness that he represented God. And so he, um, in John 17, is kind of interceding on our behalf. So he's praying to God and he's saying, I have commissioned them to represent me just as you commissioned me to represent you. And now I dedicate myself to them as a holy sacrifice so that they will live as fully dedicated to God and be made holy by your truth. And so he's saying that when he came down to this earth that um, God commissioned him to represent him in heaven. And so now we get to represent Jesus here on earth. And so he's commissioned us, which means that we have to go out into all the world and, and make disciples of all the nations. And so and that also means that we have to represent him well. And so practically for me, I take my thoughts captive every day and run them through the Jesus filter. And he even said that he only says what his father says and only does what his father says. And so um, also we can't just be hearers of the word, we have to be doers. And so if our identity is in Christ and we are mirroring him, and so this should affect like our mindset for school, our mindset for the workplace or um, anything that we're a part of, sports and activities. Um, we're there to display Jesus in all aspects and represent him. And um, I know for a lot of you, it feels like we put our identity in things that we do or, um, you know, if you're smart or if you play a certain sport, like you call yourself a lacrosse player or something like that. But um, our identity isn't in what we've done, our struggles, our shortcomings, or any of that. Um, it's, it's truly in, in him. And so he says that um, his grace and mercy endures forever. So he gives us grace when, when we fall short. And um, he also says in John 5, 8, to stand up and take up your mat. And so he's talking to the paralyzed man in that story. Um, and so when we're walking in spiritual wholeness, that means that we leave our mats behind 
and we move our identification that put us there into our identification of who we are in Christ. So when we when we follow Jesus, we leave all of the things that we that we quote thought we were before, what we what we put our identity in before, and now we rest it in Jesus, and we know that He has full authority over our lives. And ultimately, our identity is being a son or daughter in Christ, and we are His children. And so I just want to leave you with like the mystery of. Um, that um, we are a child of a perfect God who doesn't keep records of wrongs and who has a perfect record. So how incredible that is that we can put our identity into a perfect God and even though we're not perfect, he is. And so um, I just thought that was pretty incredible that like he doesn't keep records of wrongs of anything that we've done in the past. And so um, I just pray that you get encouraged by how great he is and how you can put your identity into that too. So I just want to pray. And so Lord, we just thank you so much for everyone that's in this room. God, I just pray that you would encourage them tonight to put their full identity into you. And I just pray that um, any anxiety that they feel that they would just rest it in you. I pray that anything that they feel they put their identity in, that, that they would know that that isn't above you and that ultimately you are the full authority over their lives and um i just thank you for everyone in this room and we just pray this in jesus name amen will you guys stand with me as we continue on in worship we're gonna do a little bit of uh back and forth today we got some awesome speakers can you guys give it up for carolina God, since Carolina's been at TC3 Students, there's been so much life change for her um, in her heart and mind, and, and others have, have been able to see that. And the same is true for each of us here. And she read a verse that said, we are a royal, does anybody remember what the word was? A royal, what? Sorry, what? A royal, can we all say it together? Priesthood, yeah. So raise your hand if you are a priest. Yeah, some of you guys got it. And that doesn't mean somebody who dresses up in robes and, you know, goes, oh, like Connor's doing. (laughs) And, you know, goes and confesses their sins or whatever, whatever a priest does. A priest is somebody who ministers to God. And if you are a part of the family of God, you are a priest. And what that means is you get an opportunity to come before the creator of the universe and worship him in a way that he loves, in a way that he's worthy of. And so here at TC3, we do that through songs, right? We do that through songs, we do it through games, we do it through pizza. We get to worship God through pizza. How amazing is that? So today, I want you to take captive of your priesthood. I want you to worship God freely in this place. We're going to sing a song. It's a fun one. It's really easy. We sang it at our worship night last night. I want you guys to sing it like you're a part of the priesthood. Can you guys do that with me? Yeah, okay, like the four of you. Awesome. The four of you guys, you guys are awesome. You're with me. Can you guys do that with me? Can we worship together in this house? Thank you, guys. Okay, let's do it.
Caleb, I go to Port St. Lucie High School. I'm a junior, and this is my story. So, uh, a few weeks ago, Miles came to me with the question, how has Jesus changed your life? I would give you the simple answer, but there's no reason to do that. So, let's start from the beginning. I was raised in the church. My grandpa was a pastor, 
and I made the choice at eight years old to get baptized. So the church came to us with the idea. They were like, hey, you guys can get baptized if you want. And I, since being like since growing up in the church, I knew what baptism was. I knew why I wanted to get baptized. So that evening, I went to my parents. I was like, yo, can I get baptized? And then I had explained to them why. And that was one of the best decisions I could have ever made, right? Without that decision, I don't, like, it helped me start the process of becoming a firm believer in God, right? So in middle school, I moved two hours away from all my friends. I used to live in Sebring, Florida, right? And now I'm here. I live in Port St. Lucie. And that was a massive change for me. I didn't know anybody. I didn't know anywhere, right? So I was in this completely whole, whole new place. I was lost. I didn't, I didn't fit in anywhere either. So we went and looked for churches. Then we stumbled across TC3, and I met some amazing people. Um, in this process, I thought I lost God, right? And you never really lose God. You just lose the mindset. So... I struggled through eighth grade. I struggled through middle school. I was bullied, right? I got, I was like, I was a Christian. No one really knew what, like, no one accepted me, really. Um, I did theater, bullied for that, right? And so it was just a really hard time. Then I get into high school, right? And I just wanted to be cool. I wanted to have the coolest friends. I wanted to be popular, right? So I got into a bad relationship. Um, didn't make the smartest decisions. I, um, it was it was a really hard time for me. I started partying, vaping, like just all the stuff I knew I shouldn't do, and I didn't know what I should do. Right? I didn't know whether I whether to pursue God because I knew I knew God was the right thing, but I didn't want the right thing. I wanted to be popular, and none of the popular kids knew God, so that was a hard decision I struggled with. Um, I started talking to Miles about it, and he he pretty much called me stupid. Like, come on, <laughs> right? So I I started just this process of praising and like just praying, right? Because I knew what was right. I just needed to go the direct path, right? So I started um, journaling. I don't journal much, but it was enough to help me realize how I felt. Right? And that's a big process of healing, is knowing how you feel. So once I knew how I felt, I knew that I needed God, right? So knowing that you need God, right, you, you can just know that, right? But you have there's process to it. You gotta start praying, you gotta worship, right? You gotta believe, right? And that's another hard thing. Like it's hard to believe sometimes. You can't see him. Like he's probably right there, right there, right there, right there, right? but you can't see him, right? He's everywhere, so it's hard to believe, right? So it's hard to just sit there and talk, right, to something you can't see. So once I learned how to do that, that was another big, big step for me. Um, I couldn't have made it without my family here. I couldn't have made it without my family at home. I couldn't have made it without Brody. I couldn't have made it without Miles, right, my parents. Um, the Montgomerys, they they were all a really big part in my process of growing closer with God, right? So I started believing in Jesus day one, right? Right out of the womb, right? I knew, but now I just know, 
I knew, right? But now I know I need him. I'm, I'm walking towards him, right? I want him. So that's my story. And there's probably a lot of you who are also struggling with partying and vaping. And that's okay. You just, just talk to somebody. That's the first process. Just talk to somebody. So I'm going to pray real quick. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for all all coming together. Um, thank you for no one getting hurt during the game. I know that happens a lot. That's my bad. Um, <laughs> um, I pray that we all go on this week knowing and chasing God. Right? So, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, will you guys stand as we continue to worship?
don't me I'm in 11th grade I've been coming to TC3 for over a year now um, I'm gonna talk to you guys about how Jesus is and my relationship with God has changed my identity if that's okay with y'all I think you guys can relate to it um, from the time I remember I'd been called a Christian I actually had a strong relationship with God in my early years where God had used me in miracles and healing. I accepted Jesus as my savior as at three years old, walking down to the pulpit by myself. Um, as I got older and I was introduced into public school, however, I realized that not everybody was a Christian. Like, I just, I was feeling alone. I felt like I was the only one that was out there and I just wanted to fit in, so. I kind of hushed my faith. Um, the Bible says in Matthew 5:14, when referring to Christians, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and then it gives light to everyone in the room. Although I had continued to call myself a Christian, I definitely did not let my light shine as we Christians are called to do. As I went on with my relationship with God, it became smaller and smaller because I wasn't exercising it. Um, soon enough, I drifted far from God where depression, fear, and anxiety could reach me and I became consumed by it. I was at my, my <laughs> sorry guys. I was at my ultimate low. I struggled in middle school, not having my identity in Christ, feeling worthless. My identity was in what I could do. As we all know, that's not enough to sustain us or feeling any type of worth. I became 
one second, guys. <laughs> um, it just it started spiraling like a dark hole, and without God, it's really hard to get out of it. Um, I wanted to perc- Okay. This went on for a few years until I had enough. Fi- until I had had enough, I wanted to pursue Christ for myself again. I needed Him more than ever. When I had ran back to the Father, the void in my heart was filled. The identity I developed before was based off of just trying to be enough, but it had disappeared when I found my worth in God. I found the love of the Father that could never be found anywhere else. Ephesians 3.19 says, And know this, that love surpasses all understanding, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. I also noticed that um, things that would usually worry me and consume me with fear didn't have the same effect as it did before my relationship with God. The Bible says that God is the Prince of Peace. So when we take on his identity of Christ, we also take on his peace. I would cast my cares on the Lord knowing that he is my firm foundation and I could no longer fear as I could no longer have fear as a part of my identity. Christ covered it. Colossians 2.19 says, For in Christ we take on the fullness and the deity of God in bodily form. (sighs) Meaning, if Christ is my identity, I take on him and nothing that's about me. There's such a relief knowing in that knowing that someone could love me so much and give up their life for me for a rela- to, to have a relationship with me, to wipe away all my sins and things I'm ashamed of. I could put my faith in someone bigger than I, who's in control. Also, to receive the same authority over fear and depression, things that control the, mo- the majority of our lives. The identity of Christ is life-changing, and it's up to you to pursue it. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just pray over everybody that just wants their identity in you, God. I just pray that you consume them, you fill their holes. Anybody who has a similar story to mine, Lord, that you know that you love them and just show your love. Your love is like nothing else that anyone could ever experience. So I just ask that you just cover them like a father. Lord, I just pray that people with fear or anxiety that all that goes away with your peace because we know that you are the prince of peace lord i just ask that you fill us with your identity it's the best thing ever (laughs) just knowing that you are in control of everything can you guys do me a favor um with your eyes closed can i get hands anybody who wants their identity in christ Pray this with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are my identity. I thank you that you forgive my sins and you call me your own. I thank you that I have you to choose and that I no longer have to be concerned what I can do. It's all about you, Lord. In Jesus' name. So we've got one more song, you guys. Um, 
I know this is the last time I'm gonna ask you to stand, but I wanna ask the worshipers in the room to stand. If you're a worshiper today, or you wanna be a worshiper, will you stand for me? Nobody, okay, that's good. So together we're gonna sing out this song of worship. And you guys just told me that you're a worshiper, so you gotta sing it. Um, it's a song we sang at Passion Camp. Uh, it's very special to me um, and to those of us who went, as I assume. Um, hey, you guys, can you guys focus in here? Um, this song is called Christ Our King. It's a song about who? Yeah, yeah, Christ our King, Jesus. This song's all about Jesus. This song is about putting Jesus in his rightful place above all else, before all else, and understanding and trusting that he is the one who fills our identity. And so you guys can, you know, sing with us, raise your hands if you feel comfortable, um, pray. What, what all of this means when we do all this fancy stuff like this is it just means that we're giving God what he deserves, which is his glory. You guys with me on that? So this area in the front, Miles told me not to call it an altar, but I grew up Baptist, so I'm going to call it an altar. This is an altar, and it symbolizes an altar from the Old Testament where the priests would slay an, an animal, and it would forgive the sins of the people. And sometimes, um, like, men would of the faith, like Abraham or Isaac or Jacob, they would build altars to signify God has done something in my life and I want to honor him for it. And so if God has done something in your life, I invite you to come up to this altar as we sing this song and just worship him. You guys ready?
Hey, man, give a round of applause for uh, Caleb, for Victoria, for Carolina. And we're so thankful for them. Amen. It takes a lot of courage for your, uh, for your peers to stand up and do that. Man, give a round of applause for Caroline, for Avery, and for Connor. They did a great job tonight as well. Thanks, guys. You guys are awesome. Man, we love you guys so much. Uh, you need to know that our hearts break for, for you. Uh, we think and we pray about you often. This whole thing, this whole thing, what we do this for, what we do this for is to connect you to the life-changing power of Jesus Christ, right? Like that's that's our one mission, that's our one goal, it's, it's that simple. And then, then our mission is that we would equip you to share the gospel with those 18,000 lost kids that don't know Jesus in your schools. That's how many there are. That's how many kids that if, if they were to pass away tonight, God forbid, that they would not see Jesus. They would not spend an eternity with the Father in heaven. And so our mission, our mission is to make sure that that 18,000 gets eradicated, a.k.a. it gets eliminated. It is no more. And so like the names on this list right here where, uh, where we have people standing on this 18,000 board on a list of some of your friends. Uh, and, and we want to see those names come off. But if you, uh, if you have names that you need to put on there, you can do that as well as we round out service tonight. We love you guys so much. Be praying for your friends. Go to school this week and pray for your community and for your teachers and for your peers as you go to see you at the poll on Wednesday as well. We love you guys. Have a great, great, great time in small group. If you don't know where your small group is, you can check out this board. Uh, if you don't know who your small group leader is, if you don't know who your small group leader is, you can come up to me and I'll get you to the right person and in the right direction. We love y'all. We'll holla at y'all later.